Choice and Control is a podcast celebrating meaningful inclusion of people with disability in our communities, brought to you by Carers Queensland, your NDIS local area coordination partner in the community. Each episode provides a conversation space for people with disability, their families and carers to share their stories with you. We also hear from members of the wider community, local businesses and community leaders who share information, ideas and possibilities to give you more opportunity and more choice and control in your life. The Carers Queensland School to Adult Life Transition Project aims to identify positive pathways for young people with disability as they move from school to adult life. To help young people who are still at school overcome barriers and feel empowered to plan for their adult life, we created the Amplifying Young Voices Reference Group, which plans to share vital knowledge gained from lived experience. In this episode, we hear from 21-year-old Sunshine Coast local Brianna, who was recently appointed to the Carers Queensland Amplifying Young Voices Reference Group. Brianna is a highly accomplished young woman who is a passionate advocate for people with disability, is studying law at university and has dreams to ride in equestrian at the Paralympics. I started by asking Brianna about her work in the advocacy space. Brianna, thanks for joining me today. Great to be here. Thank you for chatting with me, Tracy. Brianna, you are a passionate disability advocate. Can you tell us about the work you've done in this space to improve the lives of people with disability? So since I've left school, I've kind of developed this real passion for advocacy and it kind of all started in the health system. So when I was 16 years old, I started the transition from paediatric to adult healthcare services. And um, we kind of had to overcome a lot of hurdles and challenges in those experiences and in that journey. And um, through that, I kind of got in touch with um, our nurse navigator through the health system who suggested that I try out for this advocacy role with Health Consumers Queensland. And I kind of thought that that would be a really good opportunity to use the challenges and experiences that I'd gone through to um, help create positive change in those areas for future um, people going through the health system and going through those changes. And then from there, that brought like many other health consumer opportunities and roles. Um, and I'm now part of many state, state groups and I've done a bit of national work as well. And that also kind of brought me into the disability advocacy space as well. So um, I'm also a member on the Australian Disability is Clearinghouse um, Australia, ADSET they call it, and it's part of the um, National Disability Coordination Officer Program in the education system. So that was kind of where I stepped into the disability and education world as well. So yeah, I kind of developed a passion and then it, it grew from there and now I really love helping others, um, helping use the experiences that I've been through to help others and yeah, I guess turning those what might be considered negative experiences into hopefully positive outcomes for other people. And is that what motivated you to get involved? I'd say yeah, I think it would be. And seeing um, a couple of friends that I have with disabilities also go through similar experiences and describe similar challenges. And it kind of makes you realise that you're not the only one and that it kind of like, I guess, spurs you on to continue making the change. and gives you that inspiration 
I also have quite a few mentors in the advocacy space um, who have really encouraged me to keep going um, in the, even, and that's what also encouraged me to do law at university um, because you can create a lot more change with a law background as well. So I'm really looking forward to kind of sharing my experiences that I went through um, from transitioning to high school to university. Um, there was so many things that went right with my transition and that was all part of the planning experience. And we started early, which I think was a huge bonus, really benefited um, the experience because it wasn't rushed. It meant that we could get in contact with the people at the university and really plan in advance uh, for the transition. And I kind of want to share those things with others so that it can go just as smoothly for them. We did have our challenges as well. Um, being a part of the NDIS funding program, there were some challenges we faced that because there's a crossover between the education system and NDIS and some blurred lines in those areas. So we kind of had to navigate and figure those out. So also hoping like to share those experiences. And then, um, yeah, just really, I'm actually really looking forward to hearing about what other people went through as well and hoping to maybe learn some things myself. So and meeting, meeting people as well. So, yeah. It's wonderful to have you involved. Um, now you're at university studying law. How have you worked with the university to make sure your needs as a student with a disability are addressed? So in my final year of school, it was about six months out, I think it was, just after the um, local university's open day. We went to the open day and had a chat with a couple of the accessibility people there and they um, encouraged us to start as early as possible. So as soon as we kind of went back to the school, chatted to them, and then started the ball rolling with getting the conversations happening between the school and the university. And it was really great in the sense that both the school and university were willing to talk to each other. So my um, case manager at school had a really good conversation with who would be my case manager from accessibility services at the university. And they discussed what um, things I had in place at my school that were helping me. So assignment extensions, um, extra time on exams and things like that. And also personal care requirements for going to the bathroom and um, I guess more of those physical help tasks in class, like taking notes, accessing my water bottle and things like that. And then from there, um, we had a few meetings with the university. And um, that was kind of just nutting out what I needed, what support I needed and where I needed it and how they could best support my needs. And um, yeah, it kind of just all came together from there over the course of the six months. Um, we did have to work out a couple of funding things for what, who would fund the hoist for the university. Um, but apart from that, I'd say it was really smooth. And I now like have awesome supports at uni. So I have someone help take notes in class, which is something I can't do independently by myself um, with my disability. So I have someone taking notes for me. Um, that person also helps me access my laptop and water bottle in class and help with physical tasks like that. And then they also set up, well assisted in setting up um, a plan for if I needed to go to the bathroom during exams on campus which hasn't happened yet because of COVID, they've all been online exams, but it kind of is reassuring to know that that's there if I need it in the future. And then um, also they put in place what's called a learning access plan. 
which kind of lists all of the supports that I needed um, for me and then I can send that to my tutors and they know what support I have in class but also you know if I need any extensions on assignments it's all written down there so it's easy to be communicated to the tutors and exam time requirements and stuff is also all written down there. Is there anything that the uni is working on at the moment to help you or are you fairly well sorted? I'd say I'm fairly well sorted now. Um, I'm in my fourth year now so I think the next probably challenge that would be faced is if I had a placement. Um, I had a small placement when I first started uni but that was only like an evening in a law centre so it didn't really require too much organising. But if I was to have like a longer term placement in the future, like an internship or something, that would probably require a bit more um, setting up in terms of support for a whole day um, mm. situation. And then if we were to go back to on-campus exams, it would be something we'd need to work through as well. But apart from that, like it's pretty much all set up now, which is really great. And each semester, we just touch base with my tutors to organise exams and stuff like that. And introduce myself and my accessibility case manager also attends those meetings with me so it's been really good really positive so far. Now Brianna speaking of passions you're involved in the horses and humans organizations can you tell me about your involvement here with horses? Yeah so when I was six years old um, I started doing hippotherapy at um, the Writing for the Disabled Association which was I think in, in Yandina at the time and it was hippotherapy is basically this concept of physiotherapy on horseback. So it's the idea that the movement of the horse gives your joints and your muscles a simulation of walking. And then whilst you're on the horse, they get you to do like reaching activities and all those kind of things. And it's just a really fun way to do physio. Um, so I absolutely loved doing that when I was little. And then as I grew up, I kind of wanted to have more of a goal to work towards because I still absolutely loved riding horses. Um, I think once, once you have horses in you, it's really hard to get it out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started learning how to ride dressage tests, which is um, if you've ever seen like the Paralympics, that's one of the events that they do where they ride um, very specific movements in a kind of like a test scenario. Um, in a big arena, a big sand arena. So um, for me, that was the most practical horse activity that I could do to compete because it's all flat and my balance and coordination is not the best. Um, so I need someone um, helping me either side of the horse to just balance me um, or to be there in case I lose my balance. And then initially a leader, but I'm working towards not needing any of those supports. It just takes a long time, a lot of building up of muscles. Um, but yeah, and then I started riding at my coach's property um, rather than at the Riding for the Disabled. And she started up the business called Horses and Humans with um, her part, one of her partners that she worked with. So um, that's where Horses and Humans comes from. And so I ride there now every, um, or twice a week. And my horse, um, I also own a horse and he now lives there. So. I'm working towards eventually competing in dressage. Um, we've just got a saddle organised that's, it's not custom made for me, but we kind of have put a lot of different supports and blocks in place so that it can help stabilise me in the saddle. And the next step is to independently 
um, use the reins by myself so that I don't need a leader. And then eventually would be having no sidewalkers um, in the arena because when you compete at like higher levels, you're not allowed to have anyone in the arena with you apart from the horse. And that's quite a big feat for someone who is a quadriplegic. So um, one day my eventual goal is to make it to the Paralympics, but we'll see. The first step is competing, but I just love it as well. It's like my part of my exercise, part of, I love getting outside. It's a nice break from uni um, and I love spending time with my horse. So yeah. Our School to Adult Life Transition Project aims to identify positive pathways for young people with disability as they move from school to adult life. To help us better design our programs for young adults and their families, Carers Queensland is proud to work with our new reference group of young adults from different regional areas who have finished school and are exercising choice and control at home, study, work and in their communities. The Amplifying Young Voices Reference Group will share vital knowledge gained from lived experience to inform ideas for supporting young people who are still at high school to overcome barriers and feel empowered to plan for their adult life. To find out more, get in touch or look for events and opportunities coming up near you, visit our website at carersqueensland.com.au or call our inquiries line on 1300 999 636. When it comes to your goals, how has the NDIS helped you? They've helped me in so many ways. Obviously, as, I, as you grow older, you want to kind of become a bit more independent from your parents. Um, and the NDIS really allowed me to be able to do that. So it kind of came in, NDIS kind of came to fruition just as I was leaving school. And that was a really important part of me being able to transition from school to university because I was able to have that all day support from a support worker who would help me with all my physical tasks during the day. Um, she would make sure, or they, would, they helped me make sure that I get all my uni done, um, things like scribing and helping me type my assignments and stuff like that. And then also just accessing the community, being able to go out whenever I feel like I need to, um, helping take me to my appointments that mum and dad would have had to have taken me to in the past. Um, even down to things like being able to go horse riding twice a week because that requires two people. And um, I would have only been able to do it on the weekend when mom, both mum and dad were available otherwise. Um, so I can now do it during the week with my support workers. And then um, I can now also organize to go out with my friends for like a day, an evening, even a weekend if I want to and be able to have the support workers come with me and help me rather than mum and dad. So I really can't imagine what life would be like without the support from those people in my life now, um, which has all been made possible from the NDIS. So, and yeah, the support around me, I have so many amazing people around me, like my mum, dad, friends, support workers that actually end up becoming my friends as well. Um, it's yeah. I have, they help me achieve my goals. I wouldn't be where I would be without them. So um, I'm so grateful. In your experience, how much of a role does mental attitude play when it comes to achieving goals? So I think mental attitude plays a huge role um, in anyone's life, but particularly someone who's living with a disability and the challenges that they face 
every day. I think you can either have a really negative outlook on that and that really limits your ability to participate in um, activities, you know, feel that gratitude, feel that um, success, feeling, you know, achieve your goals. It, it really limits you in those ways. Or you can have a positive outlook and a can-do attitude. Um, my parents and family have always brought me up to be that positive can-do person. And I think that that's played such a huge part in my journey to where I am today because I've had so many amazing experiences growing up. I've been to school camps, I've gone on flying foxes, I've ridden horses and continue to do so. Um, I've been you know, overseas um, to New Zealand, which is where I was originally from. Um, yeah, and I think none of that would have been possible without the idea in the head that you can do anything. And being able to get up every day, have something to look forward to, you know, have those goals that you're working towards, I think is really important. What advice would you have for others in terms of developing that positive mental attitude you talk about? I think uh, remembering and being grateful for all the things in your life that you are able to do. Um, I think some people get very focused on the things that you can't do or that I can't do or things like that. I think that it's important to remember what you can do and then focus on those things and then use those things to develop into other areas. So what can you do with those things that you're able to do? And then having goals that you can work towards in those areas. Small goals, which could just be as much as creating a list of things you'd like to get done that day. And then moving on to, you know, what would I like the next week to be? What would I like the next month to look like? Um, planning social gatherings, outings with friends. I think it's really important to have people around you who lift you up, support you and encourage you to do those things and work towards those goals. And then having a broad goal of where you would like to go in life. So for me, my very broad goal is that I'd like to finish my law degree and work as a lawyer, um, preferably in the area of advocacy or health law or something in that area because I'm already passionate about that. And then the smaller goals for me that come under that are, you know, being able to create change in um, the area of health, the area of disability, and being able to build on the things that so many other advocates already talk about and already champion. And then again, there's smaller goals within that of being able to help complete projects on committees. Um, you know, I have goals of working with specific areas of advocacy and things like that. So you can kind of have that broad goal and break it down into small achievable bite-sized goals. And I think having something to work towards is probably one of the most important things. Um, and yeah, having that ability to look forward and look forward to something, look forward in your life um, and focus on the positives and yeah. I guess remember that you have so many people around you who love and support you and even if it might seem like a really hard time, you'll always get out of it. Um, you'll always be able to climb out of that space if, yeah, if you find a way how. LAC Connect. It's a new way to stay in touch with your local area coordinator, Carers Queensland, with everything you need right here on your device. 
It's a handy app to keep track of your LAC appointments, browse workshops and events, check out information and support and get the latest news, stories and podcasts. It's available on Android and iOS, so whatever device you have, you can stay in touch. Head to our website to sign up at carersqld.com.au and look for LAC Connect. What advice would you have for businesses and community organisations? I think, um, you know, not being afraid to ask the person with a disability what they need and how you can be of assistance to them to help them support and achieve their goals. Um, And also remembering that just because they have a disability doesn't put them at a disadvantage. Um, Doesn't mean that they are going to be able to perform as well as some other person who is also an applicant but is able-bodied. Um, and remembering that they might even have more potential attributes than that other applicant. And yeah, just kind of looking past the disability to the person that they are. Um, And yeah, not being, I guess, afraid to um, go into that space. Because I think sometimes businesses get afraid of what can of worms it will open employing someone with a disability. And I think that that sometimes limits their willingness to take on people. Um, But I think it's as much as it is also the business to have open arms and kind of welcome people with disabilities, it's also up to that person with a disability um, who is an applicant to, I'm a champion for, you know, be, if you're comfortable, obviously, um, be open about what you need and be open about your disability because, I think that's important to make sure that they know how they can best support you. Brianna, what sort of world would you like to see for people with disability? So um, this might sound a bit cliche, but I love a world where like you don't, no one actually sees a disability anymore. Um, and I think I always had that idea that I'd like to be seen, um, my myself would like to be seen like any other person. I'm really lucky that most of the people around me throughout my life, even in school, um, I only went to one school, so I kind of grew up with this very similar cohort throughout school. And I think having that experience um, meant that the people who grew up with me realised that my disability disability didn't define me and that I was so much, I was capable of so much more than just what my disability limited me to physically. So I think, yeah, um, I'd love to see a world where that is just something that happens and that that's not a special thing, that is just the norm. And uh, yeah, so I originally kind of had that idea in the back of my mind. And then when Dylan Alcott did his amazing speech um, when he got Australian of the Year, I think just really inspired me to, you know, keep working towards that because his ideals really align with, you know, I think mine and most people with disabilities ideals of the world that we live in. Um, it would be awesome just to yeah, not have to think about access, um, whether there's going to be a step at that place, whether you go to a festival and whether there's going to be a disabled bathroom, whether you're going to be able to see the stage, those things will just be there. And that means that you're no longer defined by your disability. And then moving into the workforce, um, that it's easy to get a job as a person with a disability rather than 
feeling like you're at a disadvantage compared to other applicants. And I just think it's getting better and better in today's society and I'm just really excited to see where that's going to go because I've seen so much change even in the last five years that I've grown into adulthood. It's just, yeah, really exciting to see. Brianna, it's been so great talking to you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Carers Queensland Hot Topic Sessions are one-hour online virtual sessions exploring specific topics of interest to parents and carers as they support their young person to navigate the transition path from school to adult life. Hear from guest presenters on a range of topics, such as supporting further education, understanding the transition from child to adult healthcare, or disability and mental health. Explore key challenges that young people face, better understand how you can support your young person, and connect and learn from other families and carers. To join a Hot Topic session, go to the Carers Queensland NDIS events page on our website and search for the latest online Hot Topics. Or call our inquiries line on 1300 999 636 to find out more. Thanks for joining us at Choice and Control, a Carers Queensland podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to leave a rating and review and share it with your community. For more information about our School to Adult Life Transition Program, the National Disability Insurance Scheme or Carers Queensland, contact us online at www.carersqueensland.com or call us on 1300 999 636 or head to Facebook and look for Carers Queensland NDIS.